I'm Danny Hicks. Welcome to the Not-So-Secret Agent Podcast, where we learn from top real estate agents how they maintain a thriving business all while living the good life. I uh, was going to start off by just telling a little bit of, uh, telling the audience a little bit about how we met uh, through the Teams, uh, the Brian Buffini event, and then we kind of went on to do uh, our little synergy uh, group that we meet, you know, about once a month. And, you know, for those of you guys that have kind of been following me a little bit, Greg is the guy when I've got problems, I call Greg. Greg Greg's my guy. Like when, <laughs> when I when I need help with something, he is the one I dial and he is way too kind to give me all the information he does. Uh, thank you Everybody so much for that. Everybody needs a guy, Danny. <laughs> you're my guy. You know what I mean? I got a guy for that. You know, that's Everybody definitely one of one. my sayings. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your business. Uh, let's start there. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I came into the real estate game in 2005 as a corporate refugee. So I, I started off uh, with about 13 years experience in the wine business, um, where I basically uh, worked in the distributor sales force as well as the supplier sales force. And my my job was basically to build and develop sales teams. Uh, that's kind of what I did. So um, as I as I entered into real estate, uh, the team model really spoke to me. I actually started my career out, Danny, on a team as a team agent. And then uh, about a year and a half later, I, I co-owned that team. And then about a year and a half after that, started my own team, left that company, went and started something fresh at the real estate group called Real Estate Home Team. And that was established in January of 2009. And um uh, we've grown a little since then. We started off with four agents and doing about 70 transactions a year. And uh, this past year, we um, I think we're at 12 agents, three staff members, and over 400 transactions in a year. So with a business that big, you still have a why. Why are you doing what you're doing? And it's and I, mean, I know because I know. Yeah, well, I mean, the why changes every season, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the why changes, um, it, you know, initially it was survival because I had uh, I got I got let go in a corporate acquisition uh, in December of 2004 and, you know, interviewed 30 times in, or 25 times in the first 30 days in January of, tw of 2005. And all my corporate opportunities dried up and I took real estate for something to do during the day to keep myself busy. And uh, I got licensed in real estate in the third week in March, the same week that everything dried up corporately. So um, my why was survival, right? I had a stay-at-home right. wife raising two daughters that were in private school. We had bought a house about a year and a half before. So I had a brand new mortgage. And uh, so I, as I say, I didn't get into real estate to try real estate. I got into real estate to do it. Yeah, there, there's nothing like the back against your wall and, and you know, and the payments coming in to, to make you a little motivated, right? It's really easy. Yeah, whether to find, you're burning uh, the ships or whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever right, analogy you, know, you want to uh, make, that's that's exactly right. The old Cortez saying, uh, you know, burning that's the right. ships. Yeah, that's absolutely a, a great why. But but that's changed now because that's not your why anymore. You're very very far. From sure, it. you know, it it, it yeah. changes every season, really. So what is it this season? Yeah, it changes what, every what, season. It's well, uh, um, you know, right now it's it's developing agents, you know. So I, I you know, we, we the production is there and the and the and the team is there, and it gives me an opportunity to serve and it gives me opportunity to grow personally, but also help others grow personally. So that why has become much more outer focused than in mm -hmm. than initially it was survival, and then it was stability, and then 
it grew into some success. And then from that success, it turns into significance. And so I'm, I'm, I feel like my business is fairly successful. And so we're kind of in that significance uh, role now. That, that's where the why is. That's what the driving force is, is moving forward is, is the bigger picture. You know, what, what kingdom things are, are available to me? What, what opportunities are there for me to, um, to, to, to serve my team and to serve our staff and to serve our clients? and provide a great experience for them. And also serve random realtors from Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> the, uh, well, yeah, it's part of my community, right? <laughs> right. That's it. I mean, I, I question who you choose to allow in your community, but other than that, I think you're, you're on a solid track there. The, uh, yeah. so, you know, you and I talk about the nuances in our business nonstop because everybody knows, you know, we had Grace Chavez, my coach on there, and she was talking about what Brian Buffini is teaching us and what, what his systems are. And then kind of what the personality, the flavor we put on that system is kind of what this podcast is about. And, you know, just touching on that, um, what would you yeah. say, what, what's working right now? What system, what is, what is your spin on that? Um, would you say is working right now? Well, I, I would say that the, the, the spin is to be fluid. Um, you know, markets change and, demographics of our clients change. And I mean, the same people I was serving 20 years ago or 18 years ago when I got in this business, um, you know, we're in a different generation now. So, you know, keeping up with current trends and, and things like that. But all that being said, um, the basics remain the basics. Mm -hmm. uh, foundational success always remains foundational. So nuance, as you mentioned, is is really the uh, the key here. And, and where I think Someone who's, uh, you know, you, you can take any system, whether it's Brian Buffini's system or the Ninja system or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever the system is, and you can apply it verbatim and you can have tremendous success with that. Then there becomes this element where you can kind of put your own spin on things, where you can where you can make the, the dialogues your own as opposed to just saying what the instructor says to say. Um, and that's where I think uh, the nuance and the growth comes from. And, and that's mm -hmm. where the personality starts to come in. I, I follow the Brian Buffini system very closely, but my dialogues are slightly different than his because I'm a different person than he is. Right. And, and right. my clients are different than the clients he was talking to 30 years ago when he implemented. And so, uh, you know, bringing this nuance to fruition, you know, my market, Danny, and you know this, but my market is a very... Uh, a, a strong population in our market is the U.S. military, all five mm -hmm. branches, plus NASA, plus DOD. And they have a like realtors have a have a vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Military personnel have a vocabulary. And if I'm talking to them as a realtor, they're they you know, they've got their military earpieces on and I'm using a realtor mouthpiece or a microphone and they're not connecting. So I've got to learn. I never served in the U.S. military, but I've got to learn some of the nuance of their vocabulary so I can communicate with them using their words, using things that they're familiar with. And I think that's true across the board. I, I don't think that's just military versus non-military. I think a lot no, of it the isn't. nuance. No, it isn't. That's just my, right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's figuring yeah, that, out. I would how, say that. If you, yeah. If you've got a, a, a clientele database that's primarily doctors, they're going to have a, you know, someone in the medical field is going to have a different vocabulary. Someone in the mm -hmm. business world, if if, if like Richmond, your market is a is a big financial district and insurance, it's a big financial hub. 
I mean, it's New York, it's Hartford, Connecticut, and it's Richmond, Virginia. And so a lot of your clients have a different vocabulary. Yeah, we're very, very corporate and we're very diverse up here. We have yeah. MCV or VCU HS, the health system, which is one of our biggest employers. Dominion Energy is here. Uh, Capital One is here. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, we've got, you know, tons of different industries and you find yourself kind of listening and, and, and but, but to your point, I have to communicate with each one of them on their level. It's not, that's right. You know, and, and, and some of the, some of the stuff that you and I have gone into talking about is like, how do we talk, you know, one way to one spouse, for example, because they could be different people, even in a relationship, mm -hmm. you could have an aesthetic and you could have a pragmatic and to try to hit them both where they live in their language. Don't get me wrong. You're going to say things, you know, authentically, but I mean, there's communication styles where we can really hit that communication style, you know, and, and walk away with two clients instead of one client. Because if you do That's it, right. if you just connect with who you naturally connect with, then you have one client and, and you're going to call them because that's who you always communicate with. And hopefully they're the one driving the decision and you're going to sell that house. Now, yep. if you can communicate with them both the way they want to be communicated with, you leave with a true relationship with both of them and, you, and you've just kind of doubled your referral source. So I, I really yep. think what you're yep. saying is super important. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, no, knowing the client and even knowing the client within the family, as you suggested, you know, where where two, two different stylistic approaches can be in the same family. It's that's, that's great. And, and that's very true. And, and we see that all the time. I mean, the other thing that I'm seeing that you and I have talked about recently is kind of the buyer intake. And, and that goes back to that communication you're talking about. What we're talking about yeah. now is very different than what we would have been talking about four years ago. Four years ago, we would have said, you want a house? What kind of house do you want? What kind of financing? Do we have a down payment? Now we're getting into a lot more. And, and you kind of brought this to me. We're getting into a lot more of like what other sources of money is there? Is there a gift letter? Is there, you know, and I think you've got that all pr procedurized in ways that I am still just touching on. Uh, did you want yeah, to speak we're to that a little we're bit? We're very processed uh, specifically on the buyer side. Uh, uh, on my team, Danny, we, we, we do about 75% buyers and 25% listings. Now, our, our listings business is very robust, at, at, you know, because when you're doing over 400, that's still over 100 listings a, a year. But we do a lot of buyers. A lot of it's because of our market. A lot of it's because of people are moving here from somewhere else. And so uh, we have become very processed on our buyer's side. And one of the things I was sharing with you offline is that um, we take a very systematic approach to that. So uh, our, our thinking is, we, first of all, we need to make sure that we're putting ourselves in the leadership position. Because mm -hmm. all too many times I see in this marketplace clients who are trying to do real estate and realtors that are just along for the ride. You know, they're just kind of hanging on, hoping to get a commission. And they're, they're happy to open a door, but they're not really processed in leading someone through the, through the process of the, the, the purchasing pathway, right? So, yeah. um, you know, my, my analogy is, I, I, you know, it's, it's like walking through a minefield. Danny, if you step where I step, I've been through this thing a thousand times. Step where I step and everything's going to be fine. You go wandering off somewhere and I'm not making you any promises, but if you'll just get behind me and step where I step, I can lead you through this process as opposed to pushing you through the minefield, which might have catastrophic uh, results. Well, it's also, you know, it's coming and you're informing them of that up front. You know what I mean? You're not being responsive. What I'm running into is a lot of agents, you know, I'm kind of doing the hundred days to greatness training with some new agents that are coming on with us. 
And, and I'm just, what I'm noticing from them is my client calls me and they say, there's a house in Midlothian. I want to go see it. And then they go show it to them. Like mm -hmm. they're not driving that process. They're not explaining this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. And this is the way we do right. things here. I mean, Brian does a lot of great things with, you know, lead gen and his philosophies and that sort of stuff. But I've really leaned into personally, I've leaned into some of the ninja stuff where it's like the funnel system, you know what I mean? And we're sitting them mm -hmm. down and we're, and we're doing an actual intake. Don't get me wrong. Like we're literally saying, Hey, you've got to come sit down with us. You're officially hiring me. Here is your buyer's brokerage agreement. Sign yeah. that. And that means we're working together. And this yeah. is what the process looks like. Right. Um, right. And so our, at our consultation, we're, we're trying to convey three things, our competence and our confidence, and we're going to set proper expectations. Those are the mm -hmm. three things we're trying to do. So when I make initial contact with, uh, with a client or anybody on my team makes initial contact, I don't care if it's a referral. I don't care if it's a sign call. I don't care if it's an internet lead. I don't care if it's whatever. Someone they just meet in the you know, food line, grocery store line, and they say, oh, you're in real estate? I'd, I'd like to talk to you about buying a house. The first initial contact with that person, there's one goal, and it's to set a consultation. It's not to show them a house. It's not to talk about three, two, one buy downs on your interest rate. It's not to talk about market conditions. It's to set an appointment to have a consultation. And that is, to, you know, that is the way we process. So at that consultation, we then now bring in all these elements and, and we set the proper expectations. And by doing so, we're demonstrating our competence and doing it in a very practiced way. We're demonstrating our confidence as well. Yeah, no, and I really like that because then you know when you're working for someone. Like I can't tell you how many, you know, especially early in my career, you get agents where, I mean, clients where they come to you and they go, well, if you find this, you know, I'm, I'm very interested. Yeah. If you find this and you're like, okay, if you great. find this, right. And then, right. and then a month later you see him working with another realtor and, and you, you go that jerk. And it's not that jerk. Yeah. It's that you didn't say, Hey, look, there's an official process and we've started Yeah. because, yeah. because I didn't realize we were starting and, and, and his mind we were. And I didn't care and I wasn't following up and I wasn't giving him the right. attention that they want. Whereas if you and maybe he found that, an agent that would just open a door on his whim and and that person may actually end up buying a house. But that's still not the process. Right. They're, they're not correct. I, I, I wouldn't call that representation. Well, just opening doors saying, is not representation. I have a saying I really like and, the, and and it goes the difference between a secret admirer and a stalker is how into it they are, yeah. which which right. means you're going to, you're going to lay it out. You're going to say, this is the process and they're going to agree to do that process or they're not. But either way, you know where you're living. And That's don't right. be wrong. If they say, Hey, I'm not ready yet. I'll be ready in six months. Check in three months. You know, don't, you know, cause they just don't know yet. Um, but they're going to appreciate the professionalism. They're going to appreciate, you know, kind of where, you know, the system. Cause the biggest worry for yeah. every buyer is, am I going to miss something? And am I going to pay too much? Right. And if you're doing it from the beginning and you know when you're starting and, and the, you're doing the official process and you're not doing it at nine o'clock at night when they send you that house, you're doing the proper research on them on the first front end, they, they know they're going to buy a house and not look at a house. I feel like that's an important distinction. So when I find yeah. the house that they absolutely love that checks all the boxes and we've thought through it and we have clarity, they're going to pull that trigger on the first house or the fifth house. It's not going to matter. They're pulling it because it's the right house, not because it's, well, the mood hit and everything just lined right. up. Right. Yeah. The process is the, is, is the key. That is the secret sauce. And, and, and it's, you know, I, I see, and, and I know you see it too, folks trying to shortcut it. You know, if you don't shortcut the process and you take them through it, 
you, you end up being far more successful and you do put yourself into a position where you can demonstrate your care for someone by representing them uh, fully. And uh, I think care is the secret element to obviously future referrals. So I, when we, right. So when we, um, uh, you know, I, I typically will, will, when I'm meeting with a client, I'll obviously thank them for their time to meeting with me. And at the end, I always ask them the same question. Has this been helpful? And I don't care if they're first time home buyer or 10th time home buyer. Every one of them says this answered a lot of questions for me. Yes, this was very helpful. And so a lot of times they don't know what questions to ask. And again, if we're not processed in our approach and take them through that, um, they might go see houses with another agent, but never think to ask certain questions. And, and then that becomes a stumbling block down the road. So we, we make sure that they understand exactly what is expected, uh, exactly what to expect as we go through this chronological called mm -hmm. finding you a house and, um, you know, stop gaps along the way and times when I'm going to turn to you and say, OK, is this the right one for you? If you answer yes, we're moving forward. And if you answer no, we're going to cut bait. But we're going to uh, we're going to have a couple of times that we're going to have an opportunity to do that. So they understand what's coming. And listen, by telling them up front, it's coming when it happens, whether it's positive or negative, it's never my fault because I told right. them it was coming. Right. If, if, if I don't tell you, you that you need to write an earnest money check when you go to make an offer and I'm showing you houses and you go, oh, I love this house. Let's write an offer. And I say, great. You bring your checkbook and you go checkbook for what? No, I'm, I got a, a pre-approval. I'm, I'm using a loan to buy the house. I'm not writing a check for it. No, no, no. I, I, I forgot to tell you, you got to write an earnest money check. You know, it's a good faith deposit. First thing through their mind is, well, what else have you forgotten to tell me about? Mm -hmm. Right. So now the, the trust is getting whittled away. Right. And the trusted advisor role is changing a little bit. Now I'm the guy that's forgetting things up front. So I've got to set the proper expectations at everybody up front. And by doing so, if I say, you like this house? Let's write an offer. Did you bring your checkbook? You're like, I forgot it. It's at home right now. It's not you're not going, whoa. You know, it's a whole different attitude towards me because I told you it was coming. Right. Right. It, it, I told you this was part of the process. So again, that's a silly example, but it is an example. The reason I tell people there's an earnest money check is because that happened to me one time. And I was like, okay, that's not ever going to happen again. Well, and that is, that's a lot of how you learn is get your teeth kicked in and you remember those emotions and you don't want to go there. But with the process and kind of joining the team, you know, you're giving them that process up front. We're, yes. we're showing them, you know, what to expect. Here's the official thing. And while I'm sitting at my desk with my notes in front of me, I remember everything I'm supposed to remember versus when we're sitting in front of, you know, we're in a car on our way to a house and I'm navigating, I'm driving, I'm worried about how we're going to get in. And then we got to figure out all that stuff. I feel like all of that formal stuff is really good. The other thing that I really like to do on my intakes, uh, I like to ask them what they're concerned about because we'll yeah. launch into it. You know what I mean? And we'll give them all yeah. this great info, but there's one or two burning things that they're really, really worried about. And if you can hit that while you have their 15 minutes of undivided attention, because people don't pay attention that long, you know, That's at right. least on that level, then you, you've addressed that and you, you know where they're sensitive. Um, yeah. I think that that's another important part that I'd put in the intake. Um, but, but the process is, is everything like that. Like you said, that is the secret sauce. Do you have, do you find that you have an ideal client that you're wanting to work with? I know you mentioned the military and that's, that's a lot of your base because that's who's there and they're great because yeah. they move every three years. So 30% yeah, of the I mean, yeah, ideal client. Yeah. 
the ideal client is is it, and and I can be facetious and say yeah someone that's a you know got all the money in the world and they're and they're paying cash but not that's really not the ideal client. The ideal client is the one who is willing to be coached, uh, but is also willing to put themselves in position to buy a house in the current market, whatever the current market is. Mm-hmm. Okay, the current market right now is not what the current market was five years ago, is not what the current market was 10 years ago, and is not what the current market was 15 years ago, right? So the current market right now, there are certain things that a buyer, uh, by taking coaching, needs to do to position themselves to be in the best possible uh, place to make offers and get offers or an offer received. And some people aren't willing to do it. Now, Everybody wants to buy a house. They, are, mm-hmm. I mean, you poll 100 people and you say, is it, a good di- is it a good idea to buy a house? All 100 are going to say yes. But there's only a portion that are going to be willing to put themselves in position and do the things up front to make sure that they're capable when it comes to uh, the current market. Now, now that, that used to be just getting pre-approved, but now it's not. Now it's reserves. Now it's you've got to understand what negotiation looks like in 2023. You've got to look. You've got to know what, um, what what an acceptable offer is in 2023, and you got to be willing to hear what I've got to coach you on that. But then you've got to also be willing to put yourself in that position to say, okay, if that's what it's going to take to get from you know point A to point B, I'm willing to put myself in position to do that. So the ideal client is that it's someone willing to take the coaching and put themselves in position to make solid offers. Which totally makes sense because what they have to do right now, you can't, I was teasing somebody the other day, I was, you can't passively buy a house. It's, it, the process is too involved for you to be like, oops, I accidentally, you know, tripped and then the pen made a mark on the contract and, you know, yeah. now we own a house. He's ended right. up in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> right. That That's not going to happen today. I mean, you're going to need even the emotional bandwidth to handle, I mean, because getting, having them choose another offer is a rejection any way you want to look at it. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. you, you need to be willing to do that. And, and to your point, you, you've told them the process, you've told them how tough it's going to be, but you've also told them it's possible. And then these are the tools to get there. And I think that's really important because people are buying a house every day and it is a good idea to buy a house. And, and, you know, yep. also being able to accept what you can afford is another big piece. Like you get a 22 year old who comes to you and says, look, I want, you know, a mansion, you know, in the hottest yeah. neighborhood. And you're like, yeah. Me too. You know, the, the dream house yeah. is like, I'll take just 10, that. please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I told somebody the other day, I said, look, I'm, you know, I'm 44 and I'm not there yet. Uh, mm. You know, yep. we're all working you. towards it though. You know what I mean? That's Keep right. Going. That's but, right. But you got to get on, you got to get on the ride to, to get it, to move up. You know what I mean? You got to get on the ladder to go up the ladder. And so, you know, buying that first house is super important. Um, what other processes have you feel like you've installed in Brian's system? So, you know, there's the calls, the notes, the pop buys, but, but who are you calling? You know, do you have a reason yeah. to call? Yeah, we, you know, we do, um, you know, we kind of do all the things I mean, we do client events and we do, um, you know, I, I've always kind of felt that my strength was in a one-on-one position, like uh, just having coffee with somebody. Um, and what I did early in my career, because coming out of the corporate world, Danny, um, the the last four years, but the, really about the last eight years in my corporate career, I was working a lot with companies, um, different companies uh, that I would supply. And I had to learn how to work with those managers who weren't in my hierarchy 
but how to get my goals accomplished through managers of companies that aren't in my company, right? So like business to business. Like, so we did a lot of, you know, companies outside of ours, we had, we had to try to have some influence there. And it, it's a different way of managing than when you're man, managing in a, in, a, in a corporate pyramid where, you know, my business card's bigger than your business card, so I'm the boss, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're with different companies, it doesn't work that way. So coming into real estate, I really understood that. And going way back in 2005, when I was first exposed to uh, Brian Buffini's system, I was watching the original 100 Days to Greatness product, and he talked about the pillars of income, and he mentioned business to business. And he kind of mentions it, he talks about it, and then he moves on to some other things. That really resonated with me. And I started taking that early in 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and all the way through my career and have built a really strong business-to-business uh, referral network, uh, a reciprocating relationship network that is really the catalyst for how I was able to start the team in 2009. I honestly was generating more business than I could personally handle. And so I was like, well, I got options. I can start a brokerage. I can, which I didn't want to do. I, I could, uh, you know, sell them for 25%. But, you know, then I lose influence as to how the leads are handled and my name's still attached to them. Or I could hire a bunch of assistants and become a super agent, or I could start a team. And obviously with my background, the team spoke to me mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, this is something that will work. I, I, I know I can run the team. It's just, I've, I've learned so many things about building them. Uh, over the years, I can I can implement that. And I was on a very good team when I started my career in real estate, a very well run team. Um, it, it just went through, you know, the, the 0809 issues and, and uh, of the market. And, and it kind of in it, during that time, that team kind of lost its value proposition. Mm-hmm. And so now the compensation model didn't match up. So it was like, all right, time to go. So that's what kind of forced me out of that company and started my own team. But the bandwidth that I had from a business to business network uh, of reciprocating businesses, uh, that's what was the catalyst and, the, and really the cornerstone for me to launch my, my team. So looking, working in business to business is no different than working business to person with a, you know, a client database or mm-hmm. uh, something like that. So it's no different. It's doing the same things but you're just doing it with people of influence, people who are in themselves running a business, people who in themselves would benefit from your referrals. So I had to learn how to refer them very well, and they would then reciprocate and refer me very well. Which that's always, that's always really important. I've got, you know, I have a business to business network as well. And that's, you know, and you kind of reminded me of that when I was low not too long ago and, uh, you know, tap back into that. But they're great because they get it. They know what you're doing. They know why you're doing it. And they're not mad at you for it because they're doing it. You know what I mean? That's exactly I like, right. You know, and, and that that's kind of one of your better referral sources just because they do get it. And you can kind of And by and by them getting it and by you initiating it, you're you're basically, you know, you they're they're in their minds, they're thanking, thank thanks for you doing this because I haven't yet done this. I know I should be doing this, but I'm not doing this. You're mm-hmm. doing it kudos to you. And they respect that. And, and they're like, you know, I should be doing exactly what you're doing because you're right. They do get it. Yeah. And that, that's always great. What do you think that your uh, biggest takeaway from an event is Get, getting back to we're kind of at the, what do you think that you've gone to an event and you just got this one thing that you came back and said, man, this is, this makes sense. Yeah. To me. I, I, you know, honestly, the event was 2013 and the event is what 
you and I are flying out for this coming weekend, and that is Buffini's Peak Experience. Um, in 2013 was my first event. Um, my coach at the time really made me work hard to get there. I wanted to go the I wanted to go to that event for like three or four years prior, and he wouldn't let me go because back then you had to get like a coach recommendation and certain numbers and things like that. Well, I had the numbers, but he knew how bad I wanted to go, and because of that, I think he held me back on it because. He knew I would do anything it would take to get there. And it was wise on his part. Uh, it was frustrating on my part, but it was wise on his part. But when I went to my first event for Peak in 2013, it was a game changer for me. Um, one, because I'd worked so hard to get there. But two, because I was ready for the material when it was presented. And the, uh, the, the concept was Quantum Leap. And I was at a place in my business where, you know, I had four to six agents. We were doing, I don't know, 130, 150 transactions a year. We had no staff, so it was very lean. It was very profitable. It was very, uh, you know, the agents were making really great splits because we had no overhead, right? So it was it was basically, you know, we that was my original concept of the team. When I came back, my my realization that my value proposition needed needed to be far more robust than what it was, and I came back from that event. And started implementing some things along with my coach helping me along the way mm -hmm. uh, and really, really helping, you know, build out and adding to my value proposition, which now has grown into a much larger team with staff and much more support and a far greater and more robust value proposition than I ever had in the past. Which that translates to a better product for your clients as well. You know, Absolutely right. You know what I mean? And that, that, that's the driving factor. Like Absolutely how do right. we yeah. best serve our client? And, 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 you know, that's kind of how I've built mine too, is, is we have the support staff first and then we've, you know, we expand the sales force after the fact. Yeah. Um, and it was the, 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 the takeaway, Danny, was that I could scale my business. Now that was, that's a term that we hear a lot now. You heard it and I heard it in September when we mm -hmm. went to the Buffini's first teams conference. Mm -hmm. uh, that that scalability was was kind of is a mindset in a, in a concept that was really in the forefront of that training session. That's what I heard in 2013 that, oh, my gosh, I could scale this thing. I could actually put, you know, right now we're just we're get we're busting, you know, every day we're busting just to get through the day and do the transactions we're doing. But we can actually leverage this thing and scale it. And that was the takeaway. Which and and that's a that's a mindset shift because that's abundance yes. versus scarcity. Yes, that's yep. that's hey, I'm going to generate these leads and I, it's okay that I hand them to her because I'm going to make more of them and I believe in myself and I know I can pull that off. And you know we're going in in this direction. You know it, it's also an intentionality to form a business. It's more of you know that than it is, you know, because I've definitely been a part of brokerages and worked at real real estate firms where you know, your numbers were everything, your personal numbers, you know, and the more that, that I talk to big agents, the more I realize I'm like, well, yeah, you got three showing assistants. So it's yeah. not really, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yes, the numbers, your name is next to that number, but a lot of people own that number. That's um, right. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but I, I, that was a realization to me. It's also bigger agents aren't doing more activities. They're doing them better. They're, they're sharper, their skills, you know, they're, when they say that something, 
people are hearing it. They're not having to say it 13 times. Yeah. Which I thought that was really cool. Right. Right. What's your favorite quote? This is I got gobs of them. I got gobs of them. But um, uh, the best advice I ever got was from my dad. And he he taught me to leave it better than you found it. No matter what it is, It, it could be the, you know, a relationship. It could be the sink at the locker room in the gym I work out at. Okay. It, it just, I'm going to leave it better than I found it. So, and that, and our business is that way and it's, it's founded on that. So I don't know if that's my favorite quote, but that I'm going to call that my favorite quote. I'll take it. I like it. That's, that's one I will add to my personal philosophy. I keep a whole bunch of quotes and I, you know what, I'm going to call it, you know, I'm going to give your dad credit. I'm going to call it Mr. Chaplin. You know yeah, what I mean? That's, that's Dick Chaplin's best quote as uh, uh-huh. leave it better than you found it. If you had he also was the guy that taught me that, you know, I'm, I'm like five, eight, a hundred and at that time, 150 pounds soaking wet. And he said, he said, look, and, and I grew up on a sawmill. So, I mean, I was stacking lumber, you know, full-time job when I was 11 years old. So he taught me really quickly that I needed to learn how to make money from my neck up as opposed to from my neck down, because this body wasn't built for manual labor. <laughs> or let's just say that the amount of income was going to be finite based on what this body could do. So he goes, you, be, you, you need to make money with your neck up, not your neck down. That's funny. <laughs> it, it's it's so great how uh, your parents can be so honest with you. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, and they, th- this whole, like, trying not to hurt people's feelings didn't exist back then, I have a feeling. Because uh, my no, dad... That, that was care. a different era, my friend. That was a different I, era. I was going to say, my dad didn't care either. The, uh, <laughs> what would you say your superpower is? If you had a superpower, what do you, what would you think it would be? Um, you know, it's my profile. It, it's, um, I'm, I'm, you know, that's, that's what's cool about our profiles is each one of us has an, in, an individual one, right? I, I think... Brian and Kevin Buffini say all the time how they've done like dozen, thousands and thousands and thousands of these things and no two have ever come out the same. And I think that's all of our secret powers. I think that's our superpowers is, is understanding our wiring, understanding what our profile is. I'll use the word profile for all the, all the psychological stuff, understanding what makes us tick, understanding what our hot buttons are and then take, and then being willing to submit yourself to content and learning to learn how to best use that, mm-hmm. uh, that is that is all of our superpowers. Yeah, I always say, you know, you you, you got to play the hand you're dealt. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's not, the, that is definitely the hand you're dealt. Yes, you know what I mean. It's like I, you know, my joke is I I got a pair of twos, but I just play them real well. Like just play them really well. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can still win with them. It's a little harder, but you can do yeah. it. Right. And, and, and look, that can, that can work against you too. It's not always a positive thing. And and I think Brian did a really good job of, of putting that in front of us last year at peak when he uh, related it to cool hand Luke and how Luke was a slave to his profile. So he had certain, cause every attribute has positive and negatives. Mm-hmm. And if, and, and if all you do is focus on the negative aspects of your profile, you can be a really messed up dude, you know, so, or do this, right. So, you, you, obviously we've got to it, remember, it's not just, okay, my superpowers, my wiring, it's also then submitting myself to the learning and discussion and opportunities to best, best utilize that profile, not worst utilize that profile because mm-hmm. there's a worst side to it as well. And, you know, that's where it can be very tricky and why we have, you know, a lot of times things happen, you go, well, that's just in my profile. It's the way it's going to be. Well, that's, that's being a slave to your profile. That's not true. 
if we if we looked at that same element and we said, okay, there's some positive attributes to that as well. Uh, let's learn how let's learn how to dive into that instead of relying or or falling back on the others. Uh, that that is the superpower is moving that thing in a positive direction and choosing what what elements you're going to highlight. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like yes, you got the pair of twos, but but you're also going a little bit further and saying, all right. Well, I need the third two. You know what I mean? I'm going to find it. I'm, I'm going yeah. to I'm going to sharpen it. I'm going to develop it. I'm going to make that choice, which you know. And all the time I've known you, I've, I I know for a fact you do that very very well. Well, thank you, thank you. It's 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 a it's a mission, right? It's a mission. Well, I know how busy you are. So I'm I'm and we could talk all day, and we will be talking for the next couple of days in uh, Arizona. But uh, thank you so much for taking all this time to talk with me, Greg. I really well, appreciate you. Danny. I really like what you're doing here, and, and I really uh, uh, admire the effort you're putting into it. So uh, keep up the good work, and I'm always here for you if there's ever anything I can do to, to help add value or just be a sounding board or, you know, just uh, someone to, you know, if you need to punch the punching bag, I'll hold it for you. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to apply this information to your business immediately. This message will not self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, agents.